Uh, what up, YouTube? Joe and Mike, buildassetsonline.com, coming at you with another dropshipping products video. You know, we've done so many of these, and you guys seem to really enjoy them. So we're doing some more. And Mike, I've tried to wrap my head around why people enjoy them. And um, I think I know why. I think it's, it's this. <laughs> this. This is what people are doing at home. Of course. That's what entertainment is, especially business entertainment. Because I look tan right now. But yeah, if you're, if you're watching business entertainment, that means you're not taking action. Right. right. So it's all, it's all, it's, as you said. Right. So should we give a couple of people a couple minutes to gather in or should we get right to it? Yeah. I feel like no one's well, watching let's, this. Let's give it a couple minutes because I don't want people to join in and then we're already halfway through the list, you know? So I saw, we just went live. I saw notifications started going out, but if nobody comes good, that means they're, maybe they're doing something else or they're taking <laughs> action or they're just watching it. They're watching another video. They're watching a they're watching a better edited video. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna just fire up their synapses and get them going. Yeah, yeah. This is the age where we get phased out, Joe. <laughs> Something happened in the past year since since I think since uh, since COVID ended. I think we're out of the we're out of commission. The zoomers, <laughs> the zoomers, I think just took over. Yeah. What to put our podcast out on vinyl? Uh, Hello, our boy Kenneth is here. He says, "Hey guys, what's up to you, Kenneth?" Yeah, I mean, we also went live. I was a bit of short notice, so you know, what do you expect? Justin's here. He says, "Yo, yo," and that's all we need. So, what time is it? You know what? Let's let's jump right in because, you know, I don't, I don't got I don't got time to sit around all day. All right, we got to show people the products and hopefully they do something. Yeah, we found some interesting stuff here, so let's 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 get right into it. The first thing that we're looking at, so we're doing office products. If we're oh wait, we're really we're way way deep in this in these slides. We're doing office products, high ticket office products, and if we were building a high ticket dropshipping office store now. These are some of the things that we would start researching and looking into. Now, we used to have an office-type store like many, many years ago, but it was very niche down to like a particular subset of office products. But if we were to remake that, this would be um, more the route we go where we can cover more types of, of office products. And I didn't realize this, but I think there's a lot of directions that, that, that you can go with this kind of store. Oh, 100%. And that was the pitfall of our original store was that, like you said, we kind of pinned ourselves down with our domain name and a few other things. I mean, it was still a good asset. We still sold that store for uh, almost 100K. But, you know, yeah, if we, if we had our strategies that we have now, what we teach the students, then we could have built the store to who knows how much. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. So... The first thing we have are these soundproof office booths and quite interesting. You see one in the screenshot uh, from uh, selling on Wayfair for just slightly over $7,000. And, you know, I kind of, I worked in an office in around 2015, 2014, I think. And I feel like these were starting to become a thing, 
Um, there was definitely separate rooms that people went into for phone calls, like like quiet areas and stuff. Really? And, yeah, I mean, the they weren't. No, they weren't like full on booths, but it was kind of bu built into the office itself, and people would go take phone calls in these areas. They were definitely soundproof. Interesting, because we, um, well, I did a tour of a, a studio a couple months ago, as you know, and it was funny because he was saying that the guy that ran the studio, people would use the studio just to go on Zoom calls, like for work and yeah. stuff. So when, when I saw this just now, that instantly what came to my mind, like these Zoomers, they want to go into these nice aesthetic rooms that are quiet to do their Zoom calls for their virtual, uh, yeah. you know, their virtual meetings, even if they're in a corporate office, right? Like, cause if you're at a, if you're in the cube farm, you got to do a Zoom call, <laughs> you know, that's kind of not the best environment, right? So if you can go into a separate little room and have a, a nice aesthetic going on, then it would definitely appeal to a lot of the, these newer age companies that want to be hip. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think now these things are a lot more uh, sophisticated given the fact that you need to have these, you need to be set up to do a nice zoom call with these little, with these booths. And I think because of the popularity of zoom, these, this type of thing, sound booths and anything surrounding sound booths is something that you're going to want to look into if you're starting a high ticket dropshipping office store. Yeah. And this isn't even on the list, but now that we're talking about it, the wheels are spinning and like office stuff, I think now is going to go beyond the typical, just bland cubicle aesthetic and start, there's going to be more um, decor based things that are going to become a part of an office. What do you because, mean by that? Like, no Zoomer wants to go to the to the cube farm. Right. The way to get them into the cube farm is you make it look nicer so they can Instagram it. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Are you saying that all these these boomers are trying to get the Zoomers into the office? Yes. Yeah, of course. And the way to do that is to make the office more aesthetically pleasing. Okay. And you're not on Instagram, Joe, so maybe you're not fully gripping what I'm saying, but a lot of these things now are aesthetic based. Right. So some sort of t some 25 year old isn't going to settle for some cubicle office with dividers and a white printer and all that sort of stuff. Right. They, they need some more stimulation in their environment. Right. Everything is stimulus now. Except you know, when you're yeah. back in the 1950s, you know, you're ha you're happy to be in the cube farm because you're not in the the friggin' trenches. Yeah, you're not you're not in the you're not at war and you're not in on the factory floor. Right. But now it's not enough. <laughs> if you had a choice to go to a cube farm or even think about like what Google does, right? They got ping pong tables. Hey, they got Hey, should have added it to the, to the <laughs> you know, they, they got a whole bunch of stuff to keep people, uh, keep the dopamine going at the office. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that. You, you, like I said, got the wheels yeah. turning with that. We got, I forgot to mention carpet muncher. Carpet muncher has his own product suggestions. Cabinets. Is there, is, is, is I guess that's cabinets? what it is. Five cabinets. Yeah. Okay. 
Clarence said, good morning from San Diego, California. Good morning to you. That's uh, a bit. No, it's nine o'clock, 830 in California. He's getting up early. He's grinding. We've been there, San Diego. We did. We did. We were up early and grinded in San Diego, California. You know, actually, at the, t- at the time we were in San Diego, uh, we were selling. That's when we had our office store. I don't know if we only had our office store. Uh, we might have had two, but we ha- I know we had our office store. And we went to the Smart Marketer Conference in San Diego. And um, Ezra Firestone, who, who is a uh, prominent internet marketing guru, he basically told us to shut down our office store, start a low-ticket dropshipping store. And I remember going back to our like room where we were staying at, and we got a sale for like some sort of um, some sort of weird desk converting thing. It was like some five hundred dollars sale, but I think we made like two. It was like really high margin. Yeah, and then we were like, no, like we can't, we can't listen to what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, it was like a converter that basically put your monitor on like a stand, and then yeah. you'd be able to lift the monitor up. Yeah, that that was a fat margin product. Yeah, but I suppose it's also a good time to plug buildassetsonline.com/slash/enroll if you want to apply for our coaching program. We guarantee your first thousand dollars in ad spend will be profitable, or we'll reimburse you the difference. You know why? Because like Joe said, seven years ago we were doing this stuff. We were selling products like this. We've been running ads for almost a decade now. These other kids, they want to come in. They think they know what they're doing. They've done one store in their life. <laughs> they don't know what happens. Different niches. We've seen all the niches. We've said, we've seen all the stores. And we've seen how ads work in all of them. So that's it. Buildassetsonline.com slash enroll if you want to apply for our coaching program. Anyway, let's continue on. JP listed sold. Says boomers and zoomers love it. So there we go. <laughs> What we got next? We got office projector screen. Um, so this would be one very, very interesting to to research because I, I, there are definitely some sort of suppliers that are you might not be able to get in with. Like I think they're like, I guess you could see like mainstream electronics suppliers that I noticed, but. You know, I'm seeing all these off brands for like Saker, Tab Tension. Like, I, I think there's definitely suppliers that you could be researching in this niche that you can get in with. Right. If it's on Wayfair, then extremely high probability it's being drop shipped. Wayfair does sell their own stuff, but that's typically like more furniture based things. I don't think Saker would be like a, a Wayfair brand. So, yeah, that's a good little tidbit. If you see it on Wayfair, high probability you can get with suppliers in the niche. So JP asked, are you going to give the manufacturer details also? Um, well, no, because you got to research that yourself. If we if we did the manufacturer details, that would take all day. But you could literally just search what we searched here. Projector screen, go on Wayfair, look at Saker, and then just... I mean, Google Saker and see, find the manufacturer website. It's uh, pretty simple. Yeah, and here, here's the thing. There are many different levels to getting in with different brands and different manufacturers. So as your presence inside the office 
uh, industry grows, there might be some brands that are going to totally reject you. They're not going to want to let you, you know, they're not going to want you to be a dealer. You're not going to get to drop ship their products. But as you grow in the space, that can and does totally change. And you can get in with those, those brands later. So calling the manufacturers, calling the brands is really the first step of the process. This is just, we're in the ideation, ideation session right now. Right. Like she's coming from the frame of, you know, there are just man, there are manufacturers that you can automatically get in with almost like a worldwide brands or like a supplier directory type thing. And that doesn't really exist. It's like, you can get in with any of these brands theoretically, if they choose to let you in. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, something we go into great detail with inside the coaching program, but yeah, it is, it comes down to leverage a lot of the time. If you already had an office store that was doing well, it wouldn't be a big issue to call up any of these suppliers and say, Hey, we want to sell your products. Yeah. So, so for example, that Wayfair, that Saker thing, uh, I was just pulling that up right now and it seems like it's sold by, so Wayfair does allow third party listings on their, their website. And so it, 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 that, that screen is sold by some brand called elite screens. And it seems like, so, so this is basically what happens. So there you go. Elite screens would be the, the the brand that you would call to to get in with in this situation. But the fact that they're on Wayfair and they're listing their products on Wayfair shows that they're interested in having their products being sold on other websites. Yeah, that's a very good point. So you could be one of those dealers, one of those websites that sells their products and if you build your store correctly, you do your ads correctly, you you can easily, you know, sell way more of these products than Wayfair does. Yeah, 100%. So let's continue on, shall we? Yeah. All right, we got shut <laughs> large bookcases. This is some Harry Potter shit right here. Yeah, this is this this one is um this one is interesting. I could see this so we go to our accountant's office and I feel like he's just got so many of those banker boxes. You know, who you, you might be thinking, who's going to like keep so many books when everything is digital? But you go to our accountant's office, he's got these bookcases, he's got these files, there's it's just stacked to the brim with different sorts of paperwork. And and that's the reality. I think there's still a need for this stuff even in 2023. Oh, of course. I mean, there's definitely still people want to have bookcases for the aesthetic. Yeah, and the aesthetic is a obviously a, a factor too. Like that that first one there, that Eccles. That's quite aesthetically pleasing. You got the nice brick. You got the bookcase. Again, it's it's giving Hogwarts vibes. <laughs> Who doesn't want to work in a Hogwarts environment? So, yeah, I mean. That one you have next to that also is like six thousand dollars, which is kind of crazy. Well, this is for that's for like a library. You can see it's got like the sliding yeah. ladder, so you can just go on the you know every side of the bookcase and climb up, take the book. This is for like if you got an intense Dewey Decimal System going on. Yeah, definitely getting into the Dewey a little bit, and that'd be crazy actually if you had like these things could happen, especially in the office niche. 
you have suppliers and these big establishments will reach out to you or institutions. Imagine yeah. you, you're selling bookcases and a library comes to you and they say, Hey, we got to, we got to stack out the Dewey decimal system. We need 500 of these. Yeah. People think that there's some magical place that these institutions go to. It's not true. They're, they're doing the same thing as you. They're bored at their desk. Oh, the boss said, I got to get bookcases. We're building a new library. They just Google it. <laughs> yeah. they, might even, they might even Bing it because they're on the friggin', uh, you know, that's the standard browser on the, on hey. the form. Yeah. They got like the standard Dell, uh, Microsoft windows computer yeah. at their desk. Bing is a default browser. <laughs> they're looking that's for the depression bookcases. setup right there. <laughs> yeah. that. That literally happened to us when we were selling office stuff. So people, I mean, it, happen, it happens to us now with our store. I mean, I feel like we sell, we've have sold to so many institutions that it's, it's kind of crazy and some big ones at that. Yeah. Yeah. Working on a very big institution at the moment, but I mean, yeah, that to me was like the biggest win when we were first starting out is like seeing that these big companies are willing to shop with you. It kind of breaks through a lot of, I don't know, resistance you may have in your head or like preconceived notions about what dropshipping is. And you come to realize like, oh, this is just, I'm just selling stuff on the computer and this is where everybody buys stuff. There's no, there's no special thing. So. Yeah. Especially when it, it's kind of funny. I was taught people always, when they think about starting a business or selling something, they hardly ever think about stuff like this i was talking with a guy today um who who sells like boots like every weekend he goes to the flea market he gets these boots and he's like selling these boots and he spends 20 basically 12 hours each weekend a day like saturday and sunday so he's spending 24 hours at the flea market every weekend just trying to sell these 50 dollars boots when if you sell one bookcase to one institution like it takes so much more less like so much less of your time to do that because it could happen when you're sleep, you know, when you're sleeping, when you're doing whatever. And uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, we were watching that Alex Hermosi video yesterday and he was talking about being in a vehicle that allows you to kind of make more money per hour as it were. And you, you upgrade different vehicles, right? So like that would be quite a low vehicle, the flea market boot salesman. Yeah, you know, nothing wrong with making an honest living, of course. Nah, I guess someone's gotta gotta do it. Someone's gotta do it. There's nothing wrong with it, but I think it's just an upgrade in knowledge that gets you to, you know, the next level, right? Would yeah. you rather be spending 24 hours sitting at the flea market? It's hot. You're you're grinding to sell fifty dollar boots. How much are you gonna make on a boot? He was telling me it's kind of like you know when when you go to the mall or whatever. And you like lock eyes with one of those people that like are maybe they're selling like some sort of like lotion or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's like, once someone locks eyes with me, I don't let them go. They're buying the boots or they're buying something. I've sold stuff at the flea market. I know how it is. Okay. Me and my friend would go and uh, I sold like an iPod that was broken for like 40 bucks once. We'd sell like like video games. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, it's like that. And I, 
I hate when people do that, but you find yourself in that situation when you're trying to sell stuff, I guess. Like somebody's there, they're at the, they're at the table. They look like, all right, you know, let's go. Yeah. I digress. Let's move on to the next office product. All right. We got fireproof filing cabinets. Now, at my home, I have, or not anymore, but I used to have like just some $50 filing cabinets from Ikea where I would just keep my junk. But if you're in an office, in a corporate setting, you know, you need something fireproof. That's just what it comes down to. Yeah. you're. I actually, um, for land, I was dealing with this property that supposedly had like a well on it, had like a septic tank on it. And the seller sent me the like engineering plan for it. And so I was like calling the engineering firm. I was trying to like figure out what was going on. And they're like, oh yeah, what's the file number? They're like, we got to pull the file. Meaning they had to like go find the friggin' thing in real life. <laughs> they went and talked to me. And so, yeah, like stuff like that, their entire business is set up around literal files. And so yeah. if you're not protecting those in, in the yeah. utmost way that your entire business can, you know, yeah. go I, down. I can just imagine the whole building burns down to just ash, but the file cabinets are still, <laughs> are still standing. <laughs> otherwise, yeah. otherwise they're not going to know who owns what. Yeah. Jet fuel can't melt steel filing cabinets. <laughs> Toddy said he's not getting our live notifications because we're being shadow banned. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I think the, the elites don't want, they don't want us. Yeah, we're being kicked out. I didn't get my Bohemian Grove invitation this year. I was actually, uh, <laughs> I thought I got lost in the mail, but I don't know what's going on. Would you go to Bohemian Grove if you were invited? No, but that seems a little too, like, weird. I feel like if I go to, like, some of the other elite conferences, it's probably better. Like, I think you if go I go like to Davos, yeah, you go skiing, you know. I don't want to like do anything like too weird. Yeah, I mean, for those listening, that listening, that's what happens when you sell your stores for, you know, over a million dollars. You get an invite to Davos, the World <laughs> Economic Forum. <laughs> yeah, we're on the speaker list. Yeah, Klaus Schwab calls you up. He's like, "Congratulations, <laughs> <laughs> you're a successful internet marketer." But yeah, no, I mean, I think we actually used to sell these too, Joe, on a, a separate store that we partnered with somebody on. Yes, that's true. No, well, no, I don't know. I, I definitely safes, but I don't know about filing cabinets. Yeah, well, I think we did. But either way, I mean, again, we see Wayfair here. Of course, like Uline, I don't know. You probably can't dropship those because they're their own big company, but office furniture to go this is how you could tell how drop shippable a niche is or a product type you could tell if the search results pretty quickly like wayfair okay done deal or if you start seeing like random websites like office furniture to go like they're not that's not a, a brand that's not a, a website that's gonna be bringing in their own stack of office things it's not like office depot or it's like look at their domain name it doesn't 
there's a there's a number in it, and the go isn't even capitalized. <laughs> they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> I'm on their website now. It says they got 30 years of experience. I'm sure they do, but they're still drop shipping. Yeah, maybe. It's hard. Yeah, some of these it's hard to tell. Like, I'm saying I agree with you that it's a, definitely a good prospect. But I feel like sometimes with some of these older businesses, you can't tell if it's like a boomer thing, like a like a boomer thing, or just like a, a drop, like a someone like us. Well, yeah, I would almost rather see the boomer website because it kind of gives you more insight as to all the brands you can get in with once you actually have some years of being established. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We got an interesting question. I don't. I don't know what the, what she's talking about, but what about the drop shipping event at the Javits next month? Would you go there? Um, it, so you're saying there's a drop shipping event at the Javits Center in New York City? I'm looking that up right now. I'm not totally sure. <laughs> Uh, I don't see anything really. I see this white label world expo. So it just kind of seems like a product, like some sort of trade show. Where is that? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I found it It was New York, uh, 30th and 31st May. uh, It's 2024. Yeah, that happened already. I don't, there are no dropshipping events at the Javits Center. Yeah, if you're talking about going to a trade show, um, I feel like they could really be hit or miss. You got to go like to really. I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't go. You definitely should, but um, you know you got to go to the right ones. Yeah, because a lot of times, I mean, we've been to a few trade shows, and we had a trade show we went to that was extremely successful. Like we landed one of our highest grossing brands out of it. And we've had ones that we didn't really get anything out of and yeah. in between. So it's a good experience. Um, the white labeling is not dropshipping. So yeah, I don't know what that's about. A couple of our UK guys just went to a trade show. They uh, said it was really good. Yeah, it could be. And also what happens a lot of time with trade shows, I know we talk about like brand demand and like how we don't really subscribe to it. But some of the brands you'll find at trade shows like literally have no demand. Yeah. They have like no online presence. There's no really formal dealer thing set up. So like maybe you get an agreement to sell them, but like their their dealer system is so bad you never get off the ground and running because like they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of new businesses like on the supplier side that go to trade shows that that's what they think they should be doing is going to trade shows when they really are don't even have the infrastructure to be st- selling. Yeah. As Toddy said, dropshippers don't go to events. We make money in our mama's basements. <laughs> of course. All right. So we got, you added this. I didn't add this. This is what we were just talking about. The standing desk converters. This isn't the one we sold though. This is not like the, the type of converter we sold. This no. is a converter that goes on your desk and it lifts up. Yeah. Um, 
the one that we sold that time at the Ezra Firestone conference was like a wall mounted. Uh, I don't even remember what the hell how to describe it, but yeah, I mean, big institutions. I'll tell you what, Joe. Yes, we used to sell. We used to sell these, and I wish I knew what I was doing with Google Ads when we had this store. Because you talk about bulk orders, right when we sold the store, we got a huge bulk order. We sold like 20 of them. Yeah. But it went to the buyer. Ah. And like these, I never really gave a lot of airtime to because they were kind of cheap. And I don't know, we never really had like a lot of interest in them, but we really only had like one or two brands. Yeah. And yeah. Well, um, what would you have done differently? I think I just didn't know how to evaluate the ads and really like, number one, like I, the budget we were running on for the store was bad. If I had scaled the store up higher, more money would have went to these and we would have seen quicker how much we could sell these in bulk. Right. Because we had a competitor at this time that this was like their best selling product. They were selling so much of these that they literally bought out one of the suppliers and took over the brand. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. So yeah, this is a pretty competitive space actually my keywords everywhere at the top shows a cpc of 44 cents which is ridiculous that's crazy for I, that i kind don't of, believe that yeah for that kind of i mean it's a pretty short tail keyword as well and it's got a pretty high volume 55k or sorry forty nine thousand. yeah so i i don't know maybe because they are on the cheaper side um but you know, again, if you could sell one of these and you make 50 bucks, nothing to sneeze at. You sell 10 yeah. of them, your margin only goes up because it, you, the shipping cost is becomes negligible when you start selling a bunch. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's always like there are some cheaper products that are sneaky because they sell usually in bulk. Like bar stools were like this different things so that's what i gotta say good on to the next we got uh conference tables classic here we go these are classic this is really the this is the classic high ticket drop shipping product that you know it's not too uh, broad, like a table. It's niched down just enough. And there's there's like a lot of varieties of them as well that if you're if you that people are gonna search for them if you're in an office. So like scrum table might be one of the ways people search for them. People might search for sitting conference tables, standing conference tables. Maybe there's different um, like different features that that people want in them. Like maybe each table, you know, should have like some sort of, I don't know, thing coming out of it. Like you see in the movies. Well, the boat shape, as you see there, is is a very common um, 
attribute of the conference table. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know why it that is uh, so popular. I guess because it makes like the more fat it is on the edges, the more people you could fit in. I don't know. Maybe it gives yeah it gives more space. Like if you look at the straight ones, like right right next to your head, it doesn't look as luxurious as the boat, the boat style. Yeah, and let's not forget um, ping pong conference tables. Those are a thing as well. What are you talking about? Well, it's a conference table that converts to a ping pong table and vice versa. I, I've never heard of that. I'll yeah. That ping pong conference table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's going to happen is you're going to go in for a meeting and uh, – you know, friggin' Jim is going to be playing ping pong with his buddy. <laughs> and be like, we had the room reserved. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to cause uh, controversies. But yeah, again, classic dropship product. And, you know, this is something people get to in their head about. Like, this is the most dropshippable thing you can find on the internet. But people are going to be like, oh, it's too big. How, who pays for shipping? It's just a piece of wood, and you're selling it for seven thousand dollars. <laughs> How much do you yeah. think it costs to make this? Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I, I have no I I have no clue. I would bet for. I I would bet the shipping cost is more than than the material cost. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Yeah, we still have insane margins on these. But all right, moving on. This is an interesting one. Anti-fatigue mats. These come in all sorts of different price ranges as well. And depending on your office setup, like like for example, I went to like a car dealership um maybe a few months ago at this point, and it was kind of like a hybrid. It was like Tesla and it was kind of the hybrid. It was like an office slash like place where they repair the cars. So everyone had like a standing desk space and they had these mats and there was cars all around. Yeah. So yeah, I think these things are, are kind of a big deal and maybe it's not something you always sell to an office, but there's lots of different institutions and businesses that, that buy these kind of things. Yeah, but nobody's going to care if you have office in your domain name that you're selling. Yeah, like a, like a like you said a car dealership is not going to care that your store's name is School Outfitters if they're a car dealership and not a not a school. Right. People get mixed up about this. Right. Like you're you're using your store name to create authority to get the products in to sell. But yeah, people think they need to have, need to have like Cardealershipsupplies.com. Yeah, you just gotta be an authority about something. You know, and then there's gonna be there's gonna be crossover sales. Yeah. Yeah, but I love the fatigue, Matt. I get I get fatigued a lot on the feet. Yes. Yeah, all day on your feet's tough. Yeah. Even going I, to like a concert or something, like that sucks. You gotta just stand there for like hours. It's it's very painful. Yeah, I don't think it's good for you be standing all day 
I feel like, natural. yeah, I feel like every person I know that had that has like a career where they stand all day, like I know they got they had like messed up like something like messed up knees or whatever. Like if you work in like a bakery or some something like that in food service, you're on your feet twelve hours a day. Yeah. I would rather be moving around for eight hours a day than having to stand still for eight hours a day. Yeah. So I hate, yeah, I hate standing. That, this is probably one people order in bulk too. Yeah. But. All right. Now we have uh heavy duty office, right? This is one we've talked about before, Mike, but yeah, we got to run it back. People don't even pay attention to the videos. We yeah. talked about this just like browsing around, but yeah. I, I wanted to put this because I want to illustrate the different types of products you can sell in terms of like, like, let me go back here. This is, this is a good uh, set of three products, right? Something big and heavy, something still, it's simple like the conference table, <laughs> But not as heavy. You could probably just scrunch it up and ship it pretty easily. And then this is not too big, but it has some technology in it that's going to make it higher priced. Like, because what when we think of office supplies and where we've seen I, people go wrong is they just start going for furniture, 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 furniture. When you don't want to do that you want to be diversified in your product types. Yeah. Not absolutely. just, not just product types and bookcases, tables, whatever, but like the specs and just the, is it simple? Is it heavy? Is it light? Is it complex? You want combinations of all those. Yeah. Branching out outside the normal range of what people first think of is quite important. Right. And it also gives you different looks when it comes to suppliers, right? Like, the the industry of the people that are selling the, the fatigue mats is going to be different from the people that are selling the conference tables is going to be different from the people that are selling the shredders, right? You get access to a shredder company. Maybe they're just shredders, but maybe they're also, they have other printing press stuff. They have stuff for, they're going to have other sort of technology-based yeah. things. Yeah. The bookcase company probably isn't going to have shredders in their arsenal. They're probably going to have other wood based things it's just the nature of how it goes and there's gonna be different like some suppliers are gonna be more industrial and that all the industrial suppliers are similar yeah and you interacting with different types of suppliers is also really important i think a lot of people they get their first round of suppliers and they're all really similar and then if they don't branch out to interact with different suppliers um across different types of, of industries, then I feel like you're kind of, you're not seeing the whole picture. Right. We, I think we actually got lucky when we started doing these because we got in with a few brands that did happen to have like a small um, product list and they had map, which sometimes is not the case for like furniture based things. I see people get into like furniture based suppliers and they have like thousands of products and not all yeah. of them have map. And it's just too hard for the newbie to kind of parse out and, uh, and work through. I'd almost rather see 
somebody get in with a uh, supplier that has like a very focused product catalog, all map. Yeah. And you usually find the support to be better. The margins are better. Yeah. Type of thing. But yeah, really, you won't re- know unless you're touching on different sort of uh, verticals. Yeah. Really difficult when you're dealing with thousands and thousands and thousands of, of products. Really difficult. We've had suppliers convert from, you know, few products, they get acquired. Suddenly they got thousands of products. And it, when that happens, it goes downhill. Yeah. I mean, we saw this firsthand with, yeah. uh, we were selling the conference tables and it was a very focused product type. It was very, it was like, it was like the, the hipsters in the office. They had the ping pong tables and then the brand got acquired by just a huge industrial company. And yeah, we saw it change over time. They took the map away. <laughs> so yeah, it's, you see it firsthand. Um, before we move on, hold on. MJ said we pay attention. Now that's good to hear MJ. MJ's a elite fleet member, so I know that he pays attention. I'm waiting but, for him to hit us up, and he messaged me privately. I said, uh, "Give us an update in the private channel, and we'll we'll evaluate what's going on." So I'm waiting for his uh, his thing, his message. Come on, MJ. <laughs> Clarence said, uh, "Most conference tables are shipped KD to offset cost." What does KD mean? I don't know either. KD. Oh, like me. I think it means like shipped unassembled. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume it's shipped unassembled. I wouldn't assume you're getting it. Um, when we sold the conference tables, I mean, yeah, like the legs aren't on, but you can't unassemble a, a huge plank of wood. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah. That's really the big issue is is the weight and just uh, the sheer length of it. Yeah. So still winds <laughs> up being pretty expensive. One time I was at Ikea and um, I, I tried to pick – there was like this butcher block desk that – we were buying like we were gonna buy this desk and it was gonna become my like office desk. And I we I tried to pick it up from the rack and it was so heavy that I dropped it on my finger and I just started it was my finger <laughs> exploded like it exploded like it was like huge. I just started like yelling and cursing and my wife was like stop 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 what's wrong with you? <laughs> Like I made, I made such a, it was one of the most painful things that ever happened. Like dropping this huge desk on my finger. How could they have it just out like that? I I would imagine other people would probably do the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. You need two people to lift it definitely, but I'm sure that's happened to some people when they're shipping conference tables. That's a lawsuit. You're right. I should have sued them. Go back. But there was no damages though. Like it just got better. I guess I, I guess trauma. <laughs> you can't put a price on that. Absolutely not. A couple billion. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So last but not least, I gotta get going soon. We got these office aquariums again. We have one more after this, Joe. Yeah. But again, talk about different spaces in one niche. Like 
this this is what it's all about, in my opinion. Have you ever been in an office that had an aquarium? Yeah, definitely. Really? I mean, well, dentist's office, doctor's office. Oh, true, true, true. See, I'm not thinking right. Yeah. I'm thinking about the cube farm. Yeah, no, no. I mean, how many different types of offices are there? That's I what got- I'm saying. We didn't even get, yeah, we we just scratched the surface. Yeah. Of this type of stuff. But yeah, you think about a dentist office, you think about an accountant office. What are you Everybody talking about? Our, account, our accountant's got it. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, he sees like, yeah, I killed all the fish. I had to get <laughs> uh, I was working too hard. I forgot to feed the fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, look at the Claire 25 gallon rectangular. Alan Ream. What the hell is an Alan Alan Ream? Hold on, Mike. I think I might have forgotten one sort of uh, one product that is cri- is critical to any boomer office space. I don't I don't quite know what it is, but something where you can display your credentials. I think it's <laughs> crucial. A plaque and, display case. Yeah. This plaques, place. the plaques got to be on full display. I mean, frames are not cheap. No, diploma frame. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a range of, of, yeah. I mean, Hermes is selling a frame for eighteen hundred bucks. That's Hermes. Overstock one ninety two, but you got to think. These boomers love their credentials. They don't just have one credential. No. They got dozens of certifications, credentials. So they might need a lot of frames. <laughs> so I see it on Overstock. They got frames. Yeah. Some of these go for 300 260 You do. I'm <laughs> seeing uh, on, on Pottery Barn, there's like a collection of metal frames um for like almost two thousand dollars I, I don't know it's like a set of six i don't know yeah. exactly well, what makes these can get deep into that and that's what people are like oh you know i i tried this store it failed how <laughs> we've looked at like 10 different sets of products that each have their own individual rabbit holes with like hundreds of products within within that subset yeah you have an office store how are you going to fail you don't get in with any bookcases. You don't get in with any conference tables. So what? Go after the office aquariums. Start going after the office diplomas. Standing desk converters. I, something's going to hit. Yeah. people fa- Well, people fail because they spend too much money on things that don't make money. That's as simple as it, as it, as it gets. Yeah. Simple as my. The, there's Warren Buffett has one saying that, I mean, it's the only money saying I know, but. Basically, the saying goes, don't lose money. <laughs> and that's Put that on a frame. <laughs> yeah. It, it's extremely true. And that's like something I, I thought would be intuitive. But we have to really hammer it home to people a lot of the time. Because they want to go just balls to the walls. And you know what it is? It's, this, it's the Facebook ads mindset. That's really messed people up. Mark Zuckerberg has somehow convinced people 
that in order to make money, they need to feed him thousands of dollars. And only then will the algorithm be tuned to make the money back. Well, it's funny you say that because uh, I'm doing a Facebook thing right now in, uh, in conjunction with our large traffic website that I want to make that I want to make over 50k in display ads soon. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm doing something on Facebook right now and it's a whole it's a very toxic ad platform to say the very least. It, Why is it's that? it's like designed in a way to like be addicting. Like like I'm just like if you if you get like a result even if it's like a stupid vanity metric you get like an alert that's like, look, look what's happening with your, with your ads. And you're seeing like people interacting on your ads. You're like, wow. But really all that matters is the results from them. It's like Um, Farmville. Yeah. It's uh, the, the certain ad platforms are just like, you know, they just, they just pull you in, in a way. It's almost like as addictive as the platform itself. That that's funny. And it's, it's, it makes sense that they would do that. They would have to make their ads platform. That's if they're going to put all the addictive stuff anywhere, they should put it where people are feeding the beast. Yeah. Meanwhile, you go on Google. They don't even want to let you on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Misrepresentation. Like can't you even call and talk to anybody. Whenever I open our Google ads account, I'm like, Oh my God, I hate, I hate looking at this. Like it's so ugly. Like the Google they change is it like every week. Yeah, they just make it as hard as possible. <laughs> no, think about that. Google analytic like Google Analytics, like the new analytics, it's so bad. It's like I'm sure it's good for some maybe like apps or whatever, but it's so awful. Like they have no idea how to make something that has like a good user experience anymore yeah i haven't been on the new analytics i can't say but yeah they're really not even trying to cater to these people that are i don't know i feel like we're the ones bringing in revenue for google but what do i know truth over emotion says is it too early to advertise on threads uh well that's owned by facebook and instagram so i'm assuming the ad platform is just going to get like It'd be the same ad, ad platform as Facebook. I don't think it's too early, but what are you doing that you think you need to advertise on threads is a question. Because yeah. like we're showing right now, if you're if you're selling a $4,000 aquarium tank, you don't want to be on threads, Instagram, Facebook to do that. You could just go on Google and show up for people that are searching for office aquarium. They're, they're already looking for this product. So... This is where you want to be. It's going to be a lot easier to get sales and a lot more reliable. People are searching for this this keyword and dozens of thousands of keywords like it every single month over and over and over. It's very consistent. Like, yeah. I don't know how often you got to go and mess around with the Facebook stuff, Joe, but our Google I, Ad accounts. No, I'm, it's it, – what I'm doing now is I'm messing around with it very often. Yeah. Because I'm trying to build up page likes, and so I want to make sure that each campaign, like each image doesn't – spend like more than my designated amount for the page like um because yeah. because i want you know i want to build it up to maybe like a hundred thousand or so and how much you know for spending 10 cents 
versus five cents, it's a big difference. Of course. Yeah, nobody has ever said, oh, I haven't had to touch my Facebook ads for a year and they're still <laughs> running profitably. Well, for our drop shipping store, I don't think we've touched them for we just have one retargeting campaign on Facebook. I don't think we've touched it for like three years. Oh, the retargeting campaign? Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's minimal. That's not driving our business. What I'm saying is like our our Google ad accounts spending thirty thousand plus a month. I could I could probably leave it for a year and still get good results. You could never ever do that with a Facebook account. No. Would you ever let Facebook spend thirty to thirty thousand of your dollars each month and not look at it? No, it would be ridiculous. It'd be a disaster. But yeah, office aquariums. So we're gonna get into the last one here. Right as more people are showing up. Booklet maker. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Save the best for the end. So this is to make make a booklet. People need booklets. <laughs> Jim has uh he just got the results of his report. He's gotta write it up, he's gotta give it to the boss. So you need one of these at the office. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's brands like Tool Lots, Green World Copy, printed for less. I don't even know. Yeah, also I wanted to highlight 110 searches a month, CPC 25 cents. 110 searches a month doesn't seem like a lot, but number one, it's something to sneeze at. Number two, it's a long tail keyword, sort of, and there's going to be many, many variations of this. Like what's a, even if you look here, like just read some of these and you'll get an insight as to the different types of keywords people can search. Comb binding machine, well, or booklet maker slash finisher. So like people are going to search booklet finisher machine. People are going to search book binding machine. Paper book binding machine. Folding stapler. So this all sort of feeds in. And you're just showing up with the right product at the right time when people are searching it. You don't need to waste your time doing creatives on Instagram, on Facebook, on threads. Just put the product up. Sell it for $2,000. Make a few hundred bucks and take it easy. It doesn't have to be so complicated. Yeah. All right. So I think that's it for the products. Let's let's wrap it up here. I'm looking for the right thing. Is this it? Yeah. Buildassetsonline.com slash enroll. Apply for our coaching program. If you don't make profit in your first thousand dollars ad spend using our methods, we'll refund you the difference. We're guaranteeing you're gonna be profitable once you actually do things our way. The high ticket dropshipping way, the way we've done it over the last seven, eight years, sold multiple stores across multiple niches. It always works when, number one, you put in the effort and you do things the proper way. You set yourself up for success. 
And like Joe said, the Warren Buffett rule, just don't lose money. But yeah. build assetsonline.com slash enroll. That's it for today. Take it or leave it. But as always, take it easy.